Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Tony Rivera. I serve as the Director of Educational Assessment at Marion University, and welcome to the first ever episode of Data Talk. Uh, there's so much assessment fatigue going on uh, as students. You complete a lot of surveys, course evaluations, things like that, but often never hear back about the findings and how findings are used at Marion. So as a result, you might feel like, what's the point? Is anybody reading this? This podcast seeks to highlight the people on campus uh, involved in assessment, the people who, who do read uh, your feedback and who do try to use it to inform curricular and co-curricular improvements at Marion. For this episode, uh, I'm joined with Dr. Marilda Oviedo. She is an assistant professor of communication in the Department of Media Design and Communication at Marion University. She also serves as the Curriculum Director for Communication and Director of Student Media. She earned a PhD in Mass Communication and Media Studies from University of Iowa, a Master's in Mass Communication and Media Studies from Texas Tech University, and a Bachelor's in Electronic Media and Communications from Texas Tech University. Her dissertation examined the ways in which the media products of the nonprofit organization Latinitas revealed ideologies and discourses about identity. And for those that don't know, I did not know before um, doing research for this episode, but Latinitas is the first digital magazine made by and for young Latinas and seeks to empower all girls to innovate through media and technology. So really cool stuff. And, and so welcome to Data Talk. Thank you. That was super impressive. I didn't know you were going to do all the research about it, but uh, I'm super proud to be here. And thank you for bringing up everything I've done. It's good to be yeah. reminded every once in a while that, hey, I've done some stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're doing so much more at the, at the institution. I'm, I'm just interested to, to just learn a little bit more about, you know, about your research and, and a, about all you're doing at the, at the university. So when I went to school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. I knew that I really liked television a lot. I loved, like, television. My first language is Spanish, and I learned a lot of how to speak English by watching television. And so one of my big goals was to sort of figure out, can I make my love for the storytelling that is being done on television, can I make that in any way a career? Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't really act, but I could keep going to school. And so I kept going to school, and then the further along I got, the more I started realizing that what I'm really interested in is the ways in which media reflect us, but also can help shape who we are and our identity, yeah. right? So I learned about concepts like racism. I learned about concepts like class differences from classes, of course, from school, but honestly, primarily by what I saw represented on television. And so the further I started watching TV and movies and video games, the more I started seeing, hey, people don't really look like me or have the same experiences that I do. Why is that? And then that started getting me interested in ways in which we can use media to help with understanding who we are and representation, which in the PhD and the dissertation was why I focused on the Latinitas organization, because they were an organization that was uh, started as a graduate class project for these, uh, these ladies at, at UT that wanted to focus on media production and identity. Um, and so they started that and then I followed them. That was the dissertation. And yeah, uh, it's sort of been my, 
my primary field of study has been how can we understand and fully utilize media and media production, so the ability to actually do things like have a radio station that does this to help shape and build our understanding of who we are. How can we tell stories of people that look like us, that talk like us, that represent us when we have media at our disposal, which is something that is completely within the last 20 years, something that is completely new because before that we were solely media consumers. So what we saw, um, that was what we got, but we couldn't go out and tell our own stories because the barrier to entry of like, well, I need to buy like a $2,000 video camera and then I need to get with a film studio or whatever it is. But because of social media and new media, we can like make our own movies with our iPhone. We can post it up on YouTube. We can like tell our stories. We can create our own songs from our computers and then post them up on SoundCloud which is not something that the big entertainment industry folk have much say in. So the ability to be able to tell our own stories and the media that's being created out there is, I think, fascinating and what I'm really into. Well, thank you for sharing. And I think all your experiences, it'll, um, you know, you have an interesting perspective for, for the data that we're talking about today. So I'll just get right into it. To the data source uh, that we're that we're talking about today is the National Survey of Student Engagement. So we'll be discussing findings from Marion's administration of the 2021 National Survey of Student Engagement, or NESI. NESI annually collects information from hundreds of four-year colleges and universities uh, about first-year and senior student participation in programs and activities that institutions provide for their learning and personal development. So. This isn't a survey that's administered to all students, just really focuses on first-year students and, and senior students. The results provide a, an estimate of just how students are spending their time and, and what they're gaining from their, their college experience. So um, it's a pretty comprehensive survey looking not, about, not just at the, the classroom, um, but also uh, the, the out-of-class experience and what students are gaining from that. The specific findings that we're going to be talking about today look at senior engagement in high-impact uh, educational practices and, and leadership. Before we get into it, I should just kind of share you know, what high-impact practices are. So I think it was George Koo, uh, who's a scholar in higher education. Uh, he was the first person to write about high-impact practices in 2008. These are just uh, educational practices that have been shown to have significant benefits for the students that participate in them. So examples include things like internships, study abroad, community service, research with faculty, things like that. High impact practices have been shown to especially benefit those students from uh, historically underserved populations. Okay, so now talking about the, the findings what we're looking at today, students were asked on the survey, which of the following have you done or do you plan to do before you graduate? And then they're provided a list of the various high-impact practices. So the, the response options were just, you know, I haven't decided, I don't plan to do this, I plan to do this, or I, I'm, I'm done, or I'm in progress of doing this. And so since we're looking at seniors uh, in their final semester at, at Marion, uh, we're really focused on those that uh, have indicated they've done this or, or are in progress of, of doing this. So students were asked if they had, had held a formal leadership role in a student organization or group. And fi our findings show that 56% of white respondents indicated they had held a formal leadership role 
in a student organization or group, but only 37% of respondents who were students of color indicated that they had held a formal leadership role. And I'm, I'm just curious with, with everything you're, you're currently doing, you know, I, one, just what, what are your initial thoughts on this? And, and also, I'm just interested in learning more about um, all that, that you're doing to help provide students with leadership opportunities at Marion. I think primarily, just based off of like my own experience and the experience that I see with people at my previous institutions and also here at Marion, is this idea of how do we reach students of color or students of, of a minoritized group? How do we get them not just to engage in the classes, which is super important, but how do we get them to engage in college life? And one of the big things, um, I think, is trying to understand that for a lot also, I'm speaking personally here, so I was a first-generation uh, college student. Um, but I think for me, one of the big things was I didn't want to appear like I didn't belong or that I wasn't good enough. And so I would, I would almost never ask questions in class, but I would also never, like, uh, put myself out there and try to, like, lead anything because I, first of all, felt like I had no sort of background or knowledge of, like, here's what college is like. And here's how you succeed at college. So I tried to do the bare minimum and still succeed without being sort of found out that I was a fraud or a fake. Um, and it really took, for me, what helped me, and I'm not saying this is like a universal thing, but for me, what helped me, and I think some of the things that I try to implement, was having like a connection with a mentor of some sort. Having, um, I, I still remember my, I had a professor that taught, he taught uh, a television class. So he taught a class about how we analyze television and understand it at like in terms of like its ideology, in terms of uh, the representation, in terms of the storytelling. But I love that class. And I remember he would uh, he would like be like, hey, come to my office hours. And we would discuss things that were about the class. But it tell, I could tell that he cared, but not just about me, which was super important, but that he cared about what I had to say. And that for me was like, oh, OK, I guess I I have good ideas or I have like a way of approaching and seeing this world. And this academic discipline that might be beneficial or that might prove beneficial to others. It was that. And then like understanding, hey, I need more people that are mentors that might help me to basically, one, feel like I belong uh, and that I have the right to be here. And two, that what I have to say is worth saying. So when I when I'm trying to do these type of things like the radio station or the Phoenix, which is like our student newspaper or any sort of participation, I think for one, for me, one of the big things is like representation matters. Mm -hmm. And so having me up there talking, I think, matters. Having more professors or staff or faculty of color or uh, that aren't part of like the majority group matters just because having them there and having us there is an important and I think crucial first step. I don't think that means the job is done, but I think it's a good first step in terms of like, okay, see someone like me can do it. Let me, I will feel more likely to like talk to them um, and more likely to reach out and yeah, just speak up. But it's, it's, it's a difficult thing because like we don't really, as faculty members, we, we and especially here at Marion, we do get time with our students and it's one of our I think one of our drives and our objectives is to make sure that no one slips through the cracks and that students have the experience with us. But we only get them for a very limited time. And so we don't really understand their full lives or what they're going through. So it's more a matter of like being open and accessible to them so that they can approach us. And then maybe then we can gear them towards this student group or student organization and be like, hey, 
there's more people that might have similar experiences than you or that can help you. And then from there, hopefully watch them flourish. And can you talk, you mentioned just the, um, you know, all, all that's going on with the radio station and the, the magazine. I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit about just, you know, like the student opportunity, leadership opportunities in, in those? Um, sure. Uh, so the, the Phoenix, uh, which is our online newspaper and then end of a semester magazine, my, my ideal goal with that and with this as well is to have it be completely student-led and student-run. And the reason for that is backed up by experiences in media um, when I was in school, but also by research. The idea of having a student-led magazine news source is super important for students to, one, become leaders in and of themselves, yeah. uh, but to, two, to like get practical experience of, like, if I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to be some sort of like media entity, whether it's in a newspaper or, or a PR firm or whatever it is, I need to know what it's like to be in a newsroom. I need to know what it's like to have deadlines and to have editors. So the structure that I've, that I've been trying to build up uh, is, has been in conjunction with the students. So, hey, students, we need, some, we need a managing editor. We need a copy editor. We need somebody that's going like, to take all these stories. But we also need reporters. And so having, having that be the set structure is sort of like them coming in and being like, okay, I can be a reporter, but this is going to look great on my CV. Yeah. Right. Uh, but also I get this practical experience of like what it's like to manage and lead others, um, what it's like to have a product at the end of it that we can be proud of. Like, here's this magazine. We designed it. We took all this. We, we wrote all the stories for it. We took all the pictures for it. We did the layout. We did everything for that. I think having an ownership of like, this is my baby. Like I did this um, is really good for the students and actually like helps them build in their leadership capacity. And this radio station, this is our soft launch this semester. So we're basically getting up and running. But ideally in the fall, when it starts, it'll have not editors because that's a news thing, but it will have like producers or managers that again will sort of shape the vision of what the siren is. Ideally, we want to be like me and our new uh, faculty, Dr. Liu, Jackie, he's going to take over the Phoenix stuff. And I'm going to take over the, the, the siren stuff. But our, our goal, and we're, we're, we're on the same page on this, our goal is to like help people, help the students run it themselves and back away and still be there to guide, but to guide in terms of like maybe this is a good step for leadership, but to get them to take responsibility and ownership of this is mine. I was the editor of The Phoenix for years. I am super proud of that. Or I was the, the program director for the Siren, and I'm super proud of that. But on top of that, I've learned all these skills that are going to be applicable and that are going to help me get jobs in the future. Because they do. Yeah. Uh, they really, really do. Like if you put on your CV, hey, I was a program director for a, a college radio station. If you go to any sort of radio station around the country, that's going to look good on your resume. Or if you say I was like the editor in chief or the managing editor of a college newspaper, yes, you'll get opportunities. It'll get you in the door. But that you can do it while still in college, you can take it for credit, um, I think is a really, really good opportunity. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So so for a student, you know, listening to this that just kind of has some interest and said, oh, yeah, I, I, I would be interested in being involved in a radio station or magazine. I mean, what's what 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 are their steps to oh. getting involved? So next semester there will be two different classes for this. And the way to think about that is to uh, consider them these classes are kind of like co-curricular classes, okay. so you can take them for one credit. Uh, it's a pass-fail class, and as long as you like work for one hour a week on either the Siren or uh, the Phoenix, 
you will pass the class. But essentially, it's like spend an hour a week either writing stories or editing for the Phoenix or spend an hour a week being a DJ or producing your own show for the Siren. We'll also have paid positions. So those editor positions uh, will be paid. So there'll be a managing editor for the Siren. There'll also probably be a copy editor for the Siren as well. I'm sorry, for the Phoenix. And then for the Siren, there will be like a program director and the podcast editor. Ideally, the way that this would work is like you start off as a freshman, you take one like class and you keep working up and then you work up to being like, hey, I want to be managing editor and then apply for the job and the position. Very cool. seems like there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, I've been at Marion for four years now. seems like there's a lot of opportunities to just, you know, be involved beyond the classroom and, and you know, engage with, with faculty and just develop those those leadership skills. Yeah, uh, and, I, and, and I'm speaking uh, solely from like a media design and communication uh, perspective from our department. But I know just offhand that every single department has something that tries to sort of give students a practical experience in what they mm-hmm. do. So we want this for our, our students in our department, but we also want this for students that like are in nursing or like pre-med or whatever it is that they're doing um, to have an outlet to one, be creative and to use like a different part of like your brain, but also to get like this cool experience that is time consuming in the sense that you spend an hour a week, but it's not so time consuming that you're like, I don't have the, the time or the commitment for this. But that'll also give you credits towards your degree and will let you, um, yeah, like have a show about like dating here at Marion or have yeah. a show about, um, I don't know. I don't know. What's the wildest uh, thing you can think of? Assessment data. There it is. Have a show about assessment data. Um, what is more crazy than that? Um. So what do you think? I mean, if, if you know, it seems like from, from my position, it seems like the, the opportunities are there. But, you know, we see in the findings that there's, you know, not, not as much uh, engagement as, as I think, you know, we would like. So, you know, what's, where's kind of the disconnect? What can we do to better support students and encouraged leadership. This is actually a really opportune time to talk about this. So it's one of the things that I've also been finding is like, how do I get people to participate that aren't the majority uh, in terms of like race or ethnicity or even like, um, I don't know, a religious background? How do we get people from like different subsets of Marion to participate in all these activities? And so uh, one of the things that I have been doing, and I, I this is still going on, so I don't know in terms of like data how it will be assessed, but is trying to reach out to the various groups and organizations that are already around campus and going out and being like, hey, this is a resource. So I met last week with the Unity Center and had a really great conversation with the the staff there. And one of the things that um, they have graciously agreed to do is uh, for the students that were interested in doing a podcast, it would count as part of the hours for the students at the Unity Center. Oh, cool. So something like that where it's like, hey, you're doing a job for us, but like maybe part of like your job for us can be to do this because it helps it with outreach, but it also helps with like being able to express what you want to talk about. Uh, but also one of the things that we are trying to, and I'm using a collective we here, but like that we are trying to figure out how to manage is that a lot of the people that we want to participate are usually athletes and they have a lot on their plate. Yeah. So how do we get um, athletes who are either like from 3.30 to 5 or from 5 to 7 or waking up at 6 in the morning, a lot of their time is spent on training and on games and then going to classes and then we're asking them to devote time outside of that to participate in something that would be really, really cool for them. Uh, But 
they just might not have the bandwidth or like the energy or the time to be able to do it. If you have any suggestions on how we how we can do that, that'd be great. Because I think if we get a lot of like our athletes on board, I think it will be a, it'll it'll help us a lot and it'll be a lot better. Yeah, it seems like we have a very busy student population where, you know, whether it's athletics or working uh, off campus or, or supporting their their family, family responsibilities. I mean, it seems like a very busy population beyond just what they're already doing in the, the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. So that the athletes is part of it. But yeah, you also have people that, um, that are commuters that don't live on campus. And so they come to classes for the classes. I mean, they came to campus for the classes, but at the same time, yes, they have a, they have like two, maybe three like part-time jobs or even like yeah. a full-time job and they're trying to have classes as well or they have, yeah, family responsibilities. I think one of the ways we're trying to um, help with that is by making this not an extracurricular activity, but mm -hmm. a co-curricular activity. So making student media actually have credit hours associated to that. So that way you can sort of justify it and be like, well, it, it's kind of like a class, but it's an easy class. It's a one hour a week class that I will pass if I just spend the hour a week doing something yeah. related to that. And our goal is like to make that a good way to try to engage with students that are already super busy is to, uh, for example, with the, with the siren, we'll meet like maybe once a month as like a cohort but aside from that, like students will be able to come in and record and do their stuff whenever they have time and they just have to sort of check in. So it isn't like, oh, I have to be here on this certain day, but it is like I, I can spend an hour a week doing this thing and when I can find the schedule for it and it'll count towards credit and it'll count like if you're an MDC major, it'll count towards like the major. If you're not, it'll just count towards the general credits that I need to graduate. Okay. So that's one way. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, very cool. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you talking to me. Any any students who are listening, if you have any interests or want to get more involved, definitely let Marilda know. Same with faculty and staff. I mean, if they want to get involved in all the great stuff that, that you're doing that's going on at the radio station and the siren, definitely let you know. One quick announcement for any first years and seniors. Today we talked about the National Survey of Student Engagement. We're going to be administering that. This spring, so this semester, survey invitations will be start going out to first years and seniors uh, Wednesday, March 1st. Um, so keep your eye out uh, on that and uh, please consider providing your feedback in appreciation for participating. Uh, all students who complete the survey uh, will receive a $5 Starbucks gift card. So all you have to do is complete the survey and then bring your survey confirmation page to the front desk of the library to receive uh, your gift card. And um, let's see, what else is there? Do we have a, a Patreon? Do we have any merch? Do we have anything to promote? Nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll podcast official. Any plushies, any trucker no. hats? Nothing. No. no. Uh, I'm working on some stickers. I'll give you some stickers soon. That's the cool. extent of my. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, if uh, thank you all for uh, listening to our, our first episode. And if you have any questions about Nessie, we're going to be talking a lot more. I mean, we just really, you know, scraped the surface on on this data set and the findings. Um, so we're going to be talking a lot more about it and, and other data sources, um, as well as how other people on campus have been using uh, data to improve Marion. So if you have any questions about anything or any any comments, things that you would like us to talk about, uh, please don't hesitate to let me know uh, at tribera uh, at marion.edu. 
And um, thank you again for listening to the first episode of Data Talk.